Yeah, but this, the Hindu and Buddhist idea could contribute to a new self-realization ethic for our culture if incorporated into a larger synthesis. So that is just awesome. And I think that we can really see bearing itself out today, like how oh, yeah. when a society is organized around the ideas of Hinduism, like that is just awesome. Like, you know, when we have <laughs> like a real emphasis on Hinduism, like in society and the important ideas of, of you know, the, the enlightened ideas of Hinduism, that is just great for everyone and like everyone prospers. So that they were definitely spot on about that. <laughs> Um, um so yeah, all, then, yeah, just uh, yeah. a society in perfect harmony with no inequalities whatsoever. It's uh, just, you know, they figured it out. So why don't we just get on their level? The caste system based. We should just get on that level, too. I do think that, that's, yeah. that I do sense there's a lurking thing in all of these kind of weird hoity-toity academics at places like Stanford and the, you know, these Ivy Leagues in the 20th century that there's something under the surface of like, oh, the caste system. That's kind of dope. Like, well, you know, and, really, and like a like, spiritually you know, the enforced... Caste system, the caste system is like, you know, does have precedence, like, you know, does have precedence. Like, it is an idea that actually is like in whatever you want to call it. You know, Hinduism is like really like an, an academic construct and the idea of Hinduism today is relatively modern but the caste mm -hmm. system like as we think of it now just the fact that it's so heavily associated with the english word caste is because like it was used as like an administrative organization tactic by mm -hmm. like the british raj in the colonial mm -hmm. period like that yeah. it, like it was transformed and like bureaucratized and like the way that it is now is different from, you know, it always was around, like, you know, people tend to say, like, you know, it's a whole thing where people are like, well, you know, everything bad uh, didn't exist before, you know, uh, yeah. colonization. But they definitely, like, you know, ran with it. And they're like, we're going to organize, you know, this is how these Hindus think. They love caste, uh, yep. you know, and we're just going to use organize all society. And they've definitely like exacerbated it and like created the, yeah. did a lot to create the caste system as we know it now. So there's definitely which would make it, yeah, which would make it, yeah, which would make it even more yeah. appealing because it, it they yeah. recognize a uh, part of their, their own kind of creation of their class, basically, yeah, in a larger sense, exactly. in creating it. And on top of that, I think. It's easy to that it, It's point. always I mean, been appealing. They saw it to yeah. begin with. You know, I'm sure that if you're just like going through like reading Sanskrit documents, you could find a bunch of different ways to understand like, you know, how to rule Indian society. But there's uh -huh. a reason why it's like the caste system, this rules, you know, well, like and, you let's know, do this, I, you know. Yeah. I think uh, it, it, it speaks to an interesting tension that runs throughout this entire report that I think they're kind of like to varying degrees of dishonesty trying to grapple with this dialectic between well we have we have this society where in this western society where the dominant images of man uh, are kind of rooted in a sort of like individualism and and uh, a sense of self that is like shot through all of our culture our like democratic institutions our economy everything else and when you look over at a place like india you know they say multiple times throughout the report that you know if only we could kind of uh, we could import the kind of Eastern uh, epistemological outlook upon like, you know, reality and spirituality and all these other things where, you know, they acknowledge the kind of uh, the blurred lines between the provable and like the mystical and things, you know, the yeah. the empirical and the mystical or whatever. And, you know, all these other things. So in a way, it's almost like, huh, like we th that caste system we helped exacerbate and set up to rule India was pretty damn effective, but it worked because they're Indians who have 
certain images of man already that we were able to exploit. So in order to do yeah. something similar here, even though us even writing this report and the funding of it and the entire thing, the entire project we're involved in is almost like a class collaborative. Uh, it truly is a supplemental jihad that is ultimately trying to reify and entrench and preserve the system of individual property rights. Like it really is kind of, they, they don't want the notion of self in the capitalist context uh, to be overturned by anything. I think that's like the kind of the, 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 the subtext of like this entire report is well, that, yeah, but we yeah. don't want to give away like our wealth and our power and like share it, you know, like that's not going to work. Yeah, so that, 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 like, that's unacceptable. Yeah, this, so this part maybe of the we have to change everybody's like extremely. Yeah. The 500 BC age of the polis, which has this Hindu Buddhist thing, you know, it's really telling because they go through like everything, you know, they say China, you know, when they have Confucianism and, uh, you know, they have the idea of a socially concerned sage in these Oriental cultures, uh, literally, mm -hmm. you know, quote unquote, uh, and that could help for an ecological ethic. And they even say, you know, in the Levant, you know, you have the idea of man as a slave and is a submissive to God in the image of a despot which is, like, just amazing. Like, it says some forms of Islam. I don't know what that means by some forms of Islam and Christianity. For one, I do not think that the image of God in Islam is uh, a despot or in Christianity. Like, that no. a despot is a negative term. So, like, yeah. no one who subscribes to either of those beliefs. But they say that it's possible to see ecological requirements in this light. For one, like, something that I think that people who actually, like, know anything about Islam and have thought about, like, you know, ecological ideas in Islam, like, they find many. For instance... What I mentioned, the idea that hum humanity is a custodian of the earth and all the injunctions that we have to take care of animals or the world and things like that, not to destroy, mm -hmm. you know, land or, or pillage things like unnecessarily. Uh, yeah. You know, so I think there's like many, you know, ideas that could, but like the idea that they're like, oh, you know, what could be helpful for uh, ecological requirements. The idea that human beings are slaves of a despot. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Well, right. you know, also it also think, lines yeah, up with, right. you know, like, yeah. we don't want to go that other way of collectivism because then you're just, yes. that's just the old Christian technology with a new face. Like, it's still religious yeah, uh, and putting all your faith in a despot, an evil mustachio despot who gets to control your despot. entire life and you're a bad yes. little pig and blah, blah, everyone wears gray jumpsuits. Yeah, et cetera. Uh, so, you know, they, they don't want to go in that direction uh, either in the like revolutionary uh, collectivized socialist direction that's atheist or like a more traditional religious Western or, you know, Western quote unquote uh, or Abrahamic kind of um, tradition. You know, they want to find well, yeah, more. Dis yeah, exactly. They don't want it. They don't want dirty, disgusting, vile Islam. You know, they nope. want beautiful uh, Oriental wisdom. You know, they want Alan Watts stuff, yep, you know, they like do. Uh, it, and in fact, like, you know, they want, uh, they want Gnosticism as well. That's another, like, you know, uh, they want Greek myth, mystery religions. And, yeah. uh, you know, once we get to, uh, 100 AD, that's when we have the two contrary images of man, which is one, which is like, you know, uh, the Semitic and Zoroastrian tradition of being God's servant, uh, obey or be damned. And they spell damned with two M's. So mm -hmm. you need to obey God or a, uh, some, yeah, that you won't get to come, I guess, uh, beaver, <laughs> well, you know, I don't, yeah. I feel like that's a, that's yeah. a Freudian slip to quote their favorite, uh, you know, but anyway, uh, so, but then there's also yeah. the image of the Gnostics, you know, which is similar to the amazing Greek mystery religions. And that's the idea of the person being saved by self-knowledge. So this, the, the first one, that's in all traditional Judeo slash Christian slash Muslim cultures. 
And then, but there's a Gnostic idea, you know, that's in most cultures as an underground view. Um, and the first one, you know, that's, that's a dominant image and it needs to be incorporated into a larger synthesis. It needs to be like, obviously we refer, maybe it weren't, but it has to be. And then, you know, thankfully we need a new self-realization ethic from these Gnostic ideas of God being an evil demiurge and Satan being good. Uh, that is an underground view uh, and is so helpful. But yeah, mm -hmm. so in terms of the image of man that we need to deal with today, that's when we get to the only other thing in history that has been like a not useful or bad image of man, which is the Industrial Revolution slash Enlightenment idea, which I think that, you know, is, is they're right about this. This is the one thing that I find to be like generally kind of true. Uh, the idea of the mm -hmm. economic man individualistic materialistic rationalistic objective knowledge utilitarian slash economic values coming into dominance you know this is in most modern industrial nations likely inappropriate for transition to post-industrial era so this is inappropriate it's likely inappropriate probably this is not going to be helpful you know mm -hmm. they won't mention the term capitalism but you know no. uh, that's obviously part of that anyway but yeah then there are some other ideas that are are okay kind of like Modern social science has the idea of human as a beast, with instinctual drives being predominant and a creature of evolution whose survival depends on competitive adaptation and or suppression of base instincts, and that's, you know, active in most modern industrial nations, and this image needs to be incorporated into a larger synthesis, so I guess we do need that idea of, like, human beings as being, like, Pavlovian monsters who are beasts, mm -hmm. but it needs to be incorporated, uh... Or yeah. maybe it's just an image that is, is dominant, so we need to incorporate it. Uh, I don't know. But anyway, then we have the human as mechanism, and then that's popular in the United States. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, it can be promoted as providing the most appropriate basis for man's next era, perhaps now itself needing to be incorporated into larger synthesis. So I guess maybe at one time it was. Uh, then it, we mm -hmm. have human as goal-directed adaptive learning system. Uh, that's coming in in 1945 AD. And this image, you know, the idea of a human as an adaptive learning system, which just sounds so great, uh, you know, that hasn't reached a takeoff point. But that provides a possible conceptual basis for integrating most other images of man as an evolutionary frame of reference. So basically we need to... That's a good takeoff point to say like, oh, these other images have been like programs that are plugged into the wet CPU of the adaptive learning system and, yeah. you know, if we have the overarching image of, like, the adaptive learning system, then that can r reconcile and synthesize all this stuff. But mm -hmm. then, of course, the greatest thing, you know, that we also need is the idea of human as spirit. The philosophia perennis, which I, mm -hmm. I just, like, is just such a fucking annoying thing. Like the, They're uh, the all about that, philosophy. the perennial philosophy. It, yeah, and it's so wishy-washy and lame and awful. Like, I get it. Like, you know, perennialism, like, really? Like, you know, the idea that there is something <laughs> to all religions. Like, you know, that's yeah. an Islamic idea. Like, you know, Jesus had a book. You know, Moses had a book. Like, the idea yeah. of, like, you know, there's prophets. Buddha, perhaps, prophet. You know, maybe even Krishna. But, you know, yeah. so there's, like, uh, an idea. There's something to, like, these things. Like, that's the basic principle of it. But, like, the way that it's actually applied, like, by perennialists, you know, for the most part, often. You know, I'm not going to... Just uh, write them all off, you know, that maybe there's some that do interesting work, but a lot of it's just so wishy-washy and, like, generalized, and in this case, I feel, like, just instrumentalized, where it's just, like, you know, mm -hmm. take cafeteria, you know, like, take what Yeah, it is cafeteria, create, build yeah. a new religion, um, uh, mod it out, yes. like, it's very cyberpunk. Yeah, with the adaptive um, just... learning system, yes, yeah. and, uh, yeah, so we need to... Yeah, that's in most cultures, but, you know, only in various degrees of purity. So some cultures, 
I guess probably the, you know, the pure noble savages maybe have it more pure, like uh, the amazing Hindus, but I don't know, like uh, they maybe have it more purely, but yeah, uh, they, this is good because this could contribute to a needed synthesis of opposing images as it sees apparent opposites as differing aspects of the same underlying reality. Well, like that's, yeah, a very, extremely very common idea. Uh, that, you know, as Idris Shah, Shah would, would say, like, like, you know, a bunch of blind monks uh, were groping on a yeah. creature and they described it differently and it was an elephant and, you know, yeah, exactly. we're all just touching different yeah. parts of the elephant. Yeah, it's like we've been yeah. here, ain't nothing new under the sun. We've been here before. This is all just like, yes, you know, exactly. theological so dialectics. That's basically the whole, like, historical anthropology that's being brought out here. Like, we've had all these different images of man. Right now, we have this one that's kind of like, you know, a combination of, like, disgusting uh, Nazarene scum and yep. uh, also, <laughs> like, filthy Muslims, you know, uh, uh-huh. and I guess Jews. Any, like, Semites, you know, these Semite yeah. ideas and also genocidal industrial uh, capitalism. Uh, and we need yeah, to fix that by, like, and that's leading to a disaster, so we need to fix yep. that by going to, like, oriental wisdom as filtered through, like, the dumbest people alive. A, and like, incorporate it into a new, and, like, a a new of matrix of... And, like, a bunch of shit. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, there's like, a lot of... Mm-hmm. Many references in this to us being a sloppy disk, wet CPU, again and again. They, yeah. they reference John C. Lilly and other people. Um, but the other thing that, that jumps out, uh, as you were saying all that stuff, is it's kind of implicit in this entire thing that they are... As we've talked about before with uh, some of these, you know, research universities like MIT studying Maoism as like a social technology and even Mao himself studying the techniques of Christian missionaries in China and kind of picking up some things from them. They are kind of inherently looking at religion as an instrumentalized technology. And being like, yes. hmm, like what combination of things could we put together? But they're also, they're not quite admitting fully that that's what they're doing. They're like, no, 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 we need to get outside of this bounded epistemological framework of like the Abrahamic, you know, Western religions and dive into this like sublime. But they're really just talking about stripping like Hinduism for parts and finding things like yoga or meditation that could be like kind of plugged yes. in as a part of it. And they're also talking about kind of like their hypothesizing how to kind of rebuild the next generation of the spectacle that like Gita board kind of yeah. talked about a little bit like they, cause that's really, you know, this is about the, the, the commonly shared images of men that like mediate everything. They don't really get so much into like the Debordian stuff about, you know, alienation and all that stuff. Cause they, they're very conscious that that four letter, four letter word marks never comes up. I think once in this entire report, even though they talk about dialectics and, Stuff like that, but yes. you know, they're like you they're kind of yeah, much yeah, much more Hegelian, you know, much more Hegelian yes. like idea type, uh, yeah, stuff. Yeah, but um, you see, it's like with Idris yeah. Shah and with everybody else, like they are basically like doing the cafeteria thing where they're like plucking certain practices and ideas, and then being like, let's yes. like work some of these in, and then we can kind of socially condition people and they have a variety of ways of proposing how to do that that you know revert yeah, you know, go from more soft to more proactive let's say but you know eventually they want to create a new compatible uh commonly held image of man in the united states and the western countries that will help us move past this 
industrial era, which they felt was like hitting its limits. And, you know, this was during the 70s. So if we want to think about global strategy, this is like kind of just before I think like Nixon and Mao had their meeting and we opened up relations with China and, you know, we were still going through Vietnam. We were start just starting the kind of deindustrialization kind of process of the American industrial economy. So it's interesting they're bringing this up now. It's like, oh, no, like, oh, we have to move away from this. But they already kind of it's almost like, you know, the, the heads of these major corporations were kind of itching to move beyond it because the profitability was falling after like, you know, yeah. we had this special period of growth for about 25, 30 years after World War Two, where we were like the undisputed industrial hegemon of the world. But then people kind of started to catch up to us. And, you know, with the constraints of like the gold standard and stuff like that, you know, we were hitting some like weird structural issues and it looked like, oh, we were unable to win in Vietnam, uh, socialism keeps kind of spreading throughout the third world and like national liberation movements. There's even, you know, I think it was probably too early to see that like political Islam would blow up into another major force. So it like kind of reemphasize the role of like spiritual belief and religion and kind of social, mm -hmm. you know, activities and conflict. Yeah, you know, so it, but it's like they were thinking and, you know, it says right in the beginning, uh, if you're wondering, like, kind of who funded this, uh, they say it right up front that about the same time that they were setting up the uh, the kind of uh, educational policy research centers, the EPRCs. Uh, one of which was at uh, SRI and they were kind of they took like an open ended approach to like possible futures. And they said about the same time, the Charles F. Kettering Foundation was looking for, quote, high leverage ideas, possibly risky approaches to social policy research and development in which a relatively small amount of support might, if successful, lead to a beneficial effect on society that is relatively large. So, you know, they wanted to they would, they, the, you know, the, the Charles Kettering Foundation, he had believed was the head kind of technology guy at General Motors for 20 or 25 years, you know, a very uh, big inventor and uh, yeah, intimately associated with both DuPont and uh, General Motors. So, you know, what did Char what did the Charles F. Kettering Foundation want out of this study? Mm -hmm. You know, I think they wanted yeah. to map out like, well, let's take like a very large and maybe kind of a little woo woo, but like inclusive view of like, how could we move towards a kind of post-industrial society. And you can see the way they're talking. This is also when the Club of Rome was starting and that kind of overpopulation hype really just like exploded in the early 70s. And you had people like Governor Jerry Brown talking about how this is like the era of limits and that growth was actually kind of suicidal and that, you know, which is kind of a convenient thing if you think of this is when the companies start offshoring their jobs to like Asia or Mexico or whatever that, you know, that ever like suddenly it's like, Oh, it's kind of like today where if they want certain businesses to like go under or be replaced by other businesses, they'd be like, well, this business is bad for climate change. It, it has no future. It needs to go away. That kind of thing. You know, it's yeah. like a convenient well, argument. And so, right. And it's also like, you know, again, like I think that, for, there's a great sentence that they have here about, like, you know, they say uh, on, oh, again, towards the end, uh, you know, there must be a new economics, if not steady state in a strict sense, at least compatible with the constraints of the new scarcity. An economic theory and practice always implies a psychology, or more particularly, a set of assumptions about human motivation. 
If motivations change because the basic picture of man on Earth and man in the cosmos has altered, then economics must change. If the old economics required steady material growth as a necessary condition for a healthy economy, it does not follow that the new economics will likewise. Similarly, the definitions of good corporate behavior and good business policy depend upon tacit social agreements about the bases for legitimation and change when those bases change. It may seem wildly utopian in 1974 to think of the multinational corporations as potentially among our most effective mechanisms for husbanding the Earth's resources and optimizing their use for human benefits. Uh, the current popular <laughs> image of the corporation tends to be more that of the spoiler and the exploiter. But the power of legitimation is strong, as discussed in Chapter 7, and the concept is growing that business must derive its just powers from the consent of those affected by its actions. The vision of a workable future must include a resolution of the present unsatisfactory situation where what is apparently sound business practice and good economics is often very unwise when viewed in light of the new scarcity. So... Like, again, oh, wow. that's, a t pa that's a paragraph where, like, you know, if I'm, like, a CEO or whatever, I can uh -huh. just, like, you know, again, like, take totally what I want from that, which is, like, okay, like, yeah. I need to legitimize myself in the eyes of, like, the people. We're headed towards a new scarcity. Like, uh -huh. you know, it's, yeah, and it's the kind of thing where it's, like, okay, are you just incredibly naive and dumb? Are you kind of winking? Like, you can't yeah. really say, but, like, either way. It's like it sounds like, like they're implicitly saying we need to psyop everybody on a, like a long term basis with corporate propaganda to convince everybody that we're actually super progressive and responsible and like careful stewards of the earth, which is literally, I would say, at least half it of commercials exactly today. It sounds exactly like shareholder capital, like the idea is yes. stakeholder capitalism. Inclusive, inclusive right. stakeholder. This yeah. is Klaus Schwab's like Great Reset kind of thinking, like in its protean form. This really I think. is exactly the Great Reset thing because it's talking about the necessity of the great re of a great reset it is yes. the same idea basically that there needs yeah, to and, be and just reset. like the great reset it's you know. using this euphemistic language which if you're kind of naive or not paying close enough attention can almost sound like a form of you know at least you know capitalism with a human face you know <laughs> like uh, or you know a more a, a step towards a better social contract or something but you notice like with both the great reset and this study that you know they dance so carefully around kind of ideas of collectivism or redistribution of wealth they almost never bring up even the they don't even like bring it up like set it up to knock it down the idea that like oh maybe we should like not radically it's also before the 80s when the the distribution of wealth started really going back to the way it was before the the new deal and it hasn't stopped since but you know it's a, is at a point where actually relatively speaking income inequality was a historical low in the united states in the 60s and 70s and you know it was before all the unions kind of got busted up and all the jobs got offshored and stuff so you think even then i don't like i don't know maybe they just thought that had enough wealth has been redistributed you know and there weren't like mark zuckerberg and bill gates yet uh that were collecting all this money for what i don't know but you can see that they just don't want to get into any kind of a thorny issue of you know because they're trying to be so bold and epistemologically liberated 
and, you know, call out all these other disciplines for thinking too narrowly or thinking in an old paradigm. But then they they just like can't even they don't want to open that Pandora's box when it comes to like, well, what about like the Marxian counter narrative about the way society should be organized? They, all they really say is that, well, they list a bunch of problems with like advanced industrial society and say, oh, by the way, this also applies to advanced collectivist industrial societies. So the form of government actually doesn't really matter. These are just about symptoms of this system of economic organization, which is kind of like, yeah. I read that as a little bit of a, a, a subtweet of like, and we could use this against them. This isn't just for our own benefit. Like we're, cause they just listed a bunch of vulnerabilities of a system that undergoes a kind of, um, epistemological crisis where people stop believing in kind of the forward progress that they're supposed to be on. And they, like really, maybe we'll get to that quote later, but it sounds a lot like what actually ended up happening in the Soviet Union in the late 1980s and like in the communist bloc, like a kind of, um, they actually compare, you know, uh, like a, a, a crisis can kind of take the form of like a psychotic break, almost in a Freudian sense. It's very reductive, mm -hmm. but you can kind of see like the things they list of like the irrationality or like the breakdown of like commonly held norms and like uh, confused the things of like you know authority becoming uh at, you know just all these kind of things but anyways i think you know it, it's very sus like they're basically you know to every billionaire or you know uh so someone sitting on the corporate board of like 10 different you know commanding heights corporations this is a very handy report just like mind war would be for like military planners you know and you can kind of mm -hmm. read between the lines a little bit and uh and probably get some good things because i don't know why did why did the kettering foundation you know sponsor this high leverage report you know i mean that's kind of funny high leverage ideas possibly risky approaches to social policy research and development in which a relatively small amount of support might if successful lead to a beneficial effect on society that is relatively large and i would say arguably maybe they succeeded at that because it wasn't very expensive to do this study and it seems to have seeped into the groundwater of what was happening at silicon valley and you know this is the same place that developed computer networked computer technology and was like, you know, one of yeah. the first places using ARPANET and the internet. And they invented the mouse interface and the graphical user interface and put Cookie Monster on it as a psyop, you know, to convince little kids that <laughs> computers were cute and cuddly and, you know, and, and like enhanced cathexis. So like this is like the, these are the cathexis mind controllers themselves, like the same institution writing about, oh, we should just like start mishmashing our myths and maybe uh, dabbling a little bit in some eastern religious practices and then uh like kind of steer yeah. people away like kind of getting out in well, front of the fact about, that like, at a certain point you know let's use what we can you know what are the resources that we can exploit it's very much that idris shah uh type of thing where it's like oh we're gonna pick and choose i think that someone even in the there are some great notes uh you know of course they're part of the report so people can like take them into account but there are some great notes of people just being like this is like so dumb and ridiculous and like there's one that's like amazing like there's one guy who i think you know is kind of like a sus like futurist guy himself like michael marion who has mm -hmm. like some amazing uh you know critiques uh in the margins where he'll be like uh i think you're being a little bit too optimistic about humanistic capitalism uh you know have you ever heard of like co-optation before you know like literally he's like have you heard of co-optation like the um, band of fucking merry pranksters that wrote this uh have yeah. no, no idea about co-optation they've never heard of it never seen it with their yeah. own eyes never participated uh, in is, it i'm sure 
Yeah, there's another note that someone uh, made that was like, there's, you know, an assumption that we will, like, use what we want from the East, you know, and mm-hmm. that's, uh, you know, this is all, like, very, like, focused on the United States and, and on America, uh, but it's, like, you know, there's some amazing, like, very Shah-type, like, mentions of Sufism in here that come up. Mm-hmm. Like, there's yeah. one that you even uh, took a note on because it was probably the most ridiculous uh, one ever. And it's, again, about, like, their love of Gnosticism, uh, where yeah. they're saying, you know, this tension between the Gnostic understanding of apocalyptic symbolism and that of the early church, which condemned it as heretical, is the essence of what is sometimes called the, quote, Judeo-Christian problem. I wonder, mm. like, by who? Like, some people are saying... Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, is the apocalyptic... Anton LaVey? Uh, yeah, is an <laughs> David apocalyptic Messiah to come? Yeah, exactly. This is so David Miety at, like, various it points. Is. You know, but, like... Uh, <laughs> Is an apocalyptic messiah to come or come again and thus grandly save the elect from evil? Or is the, quote, kingdom of the father already here within us, within ourselves and our world, as is, quote, Buddha consciousness and the mother light only waiting to be recognized and fulfilled? Like, again, like just the laziest thing. But anyway, so uh, they, they then uh, do a little... Uh, a little reference here. The conundrum was also inherited by Islam and supplied the whole sense of the contention between the, this is like, when I say that I hate the word mystic, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. So the contention between the Sufis of the mystic way and the Orthodox Sunnah of the law, which like, you know, I think it's really like a parallelism error <laughs> because the, they're talking about the Sunnah, like as a group of people, like Sufis is being related to Sunnah and they're called, you know, the Ahl Sunnah or Sunnis, like generally is what you would say. But of course, shouldn't it be like the mystic way of the, of the Sufis and the, uh, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. The Orthodox Sunnis of the law would be the correct grammatical parallelism, but it would be incredibly stupid from like the point of view of knowing anything about Islam. Like the, like most Sufis are Sunni and no Sufi would say they don't follow the Sunnah. Like no, Mm -hmm. like not even like a Shia, Sufi would say that. We had a whole episode about Rumi. You know, Rumi, he was a Hanafi Mufti. You know, he was the the Mufti of, I think, Kanya. But Mm -hmm. anyway, you know, he was like a trained legal scholar. Like, there's no... It's a very stupid Idris Shah, Alan Watts type stuff. Like, typical thing. (laughs) Uh It's like, we're going to use this, like, you know, stupid thing. But... There's a lot of like gibberish in here that I'm sure we'll we'll talk like, about. Reads uh, Rumi once. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That last paragraph, yeah, I don't reads, know if you reference it right. earlier, but it also it it brings to mind something that they do reference in a sus way a few times. Uh, when they're talking, right after they they said that great sentence, they said because the Gnostic path was condemned as heretical of necessity, it went underground, and hence its influence on our culture is much less visible than are the effects of the Orthodox views. It and views like it, however, have been kept alive by secret societies such as the Sufis, Freemasons, and Rosicrucians, whose influence on the founding of the United States is attested to by the symbolism of the Great Seal of the United States on the back of the dollar bill. The Semitic Zoroastrian yes. Orthodox Christian image, meanwhile, came into <laughs> dominance so in da- Western that's, Europe. That's what's so David Maya. Yeah, when but no, like, wait, but wait, no, they, they, they drop, yeah. yeah like, but no, yeah, they, drop, right, they right, drop the right, wall right, up right. at the end. This image of the human as separate laid the groundwork for the industrial revolution to come. So boom, there you go, folks. That's, that's how the industrial revolution happened. Uh, but there's so much with that. Also just mixing alive that like the, the views of Gnosticism have been kept alive by secret societies. I don't know if these people know something about secret societies, such as the Sufis, Freemasons and Rosicrucians, whose influence on the founding of the United States is attested to by the symbolism, of the great seal. I'm, 
I, I'm pretty sure I that they're talking about Freemasons. Yeah, I, well, I can only assume that this, like, that's literally Idris Shahism because they are saying, yeah. like, you know, the Sufis, like, the idea of the Sufis being connected with Freemasons is, uh-huh. like, you know, uh, an Idris Shah thing. The idea of the Sufis being a secret society is, like, su- like such, like, you know, a Gardnerian secret society is so, like, like, like what? Where'd you get that from? Only one yeah. possible place, really, which is, like, that whole network of, like, ideas. Probably Idris Shah, who was hanging around at Stanford Sufism. during yeah. these years. I can yeah. only assume, yeah, I can only assume, like, uh, mm-hmm. and, yeah, like, the idea that it was the flame of Gnosticism was carried, like, through, you know, uh, to glorious, you know, Rosicrucianism. Like, it's amazing that they really do continually say in this, like, they continually point to theosophy, Rosicrucianism, Freemasonry, and literally Scientology as being, like, you know, great things that, like, we need to look to uh, to organize, like, the future transformation of humanity. (laughs) Right? Yeah, it's very interesting. And they do do mention the occult kind of in general. They never talk about the OTO or anything like that. But, you know, it's but just the the structure of that sentence, because now I'm realizing, you know, the, the, the conundrum inherited by Islam sentence is formatted in a very vague, like, sloppy way uh, that doesn't make sense. But so is the thing, like, and Rosicrucians, whose influence on the founding of the United States is attested to by the symbolism of the Great Seal on the dollar bill. Correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, that must be kind of a poorly written sentence. That they're not saying that the Rosicrucians were instrumental in the founding of the United States, or well, am I wrong? you know, it, and might, it might be another Freudian slip, and what they're saying is that, because this is the Idris Shah idea that these things are actually the same. That okay, like, yeah, I guess what I guess like, you know if I'm gonna read I I'm I guess I'm if you know maybe it would have been more uh, 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 clear if they had put it in parentheses like such as the Sufis Freemasons and Rosicrucians I think what they mean is that secret societies yeah, secret that kept societies. Gnosticism alive yeah. had a great influence on the founding of the U.S. and it's attested to by the Great Seal on the back of the dollar bill. Now I think most people would attribute that to the Freemasonic secret societies that people like George Washington and all these other guys were yeah, in. Yeah, and of course, but, like, Freemasons hated the Industrial Revolution and fought against it tooth and nail. As we know, you know, because of their Gnostic beliefs in the man as being a spirit, they were really anti-capitalism and industrial society. Like, all the founding fathers of the United States, they were very spiritual, enlightened people because of they were because of their Freemasonic beliefs, and they were not about the Industrial Revolution at all. Okay, Uh, so you're being, yeah, you're being a little uh, sarcastic there. Yes, I'm being sarcastic, because that's (laughs) what they say. You know, they say, the Semitic, Zoroastrian, Orthodox Christian image came to dominance in Western Europe, and the image as the human as separate laid the groundwork for the Industrial Revolution to come. But yeah, they're saying... That's very weird. Yeah, they're trying to have it both ways. Like, which one is it? Did the, the did the ideology of the Nazarene scum uh, create industrial capitalism, or did it, the like the flame keepers of the Gnostic wisdom, the Freemasons, actually bring it into being? No, uh, they by didn't. They the didn't. United States. The United States. The United States was has the secret societies, like you know, because that's what they say about Freemasonry. They go on to say that like we could use the Freemasonic uh, eye, you know, or like these principles, like as a, a new part image of this transformation. Yeah, exactly. To create is that why uh, is that why the music videos? Oh my god! Oh yeah, maybe. it's all a part of like uh, it, like laying the, the 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 ground the symbolic groundwork. It is kind yeah, of like they actually, it's a little more yeah, subtle than Revelation of the yeah, Method, this, but it's like seeding these images. Yeah. Uh, in a, I thought this in a, was. Yeah, I thought this was, like, in the same part, but it actually, yeah, is, like, a little bit later. It says, Chapter 6 describes some characteristics of, quote, 
the image of man, which is at once compatible with the emergent perennial philosophy and is well adapted for dealing with humankind's contemporary dilemmas. Of special interest to the Western world is that Freemasonry tradition, which plays such a significant role in the birth of the United States of America, as attested to by the symbolism of the Great Seal on the back of the dollar bill. And they have like yeah, a picture it. of it here. They put a picture uh, of yeah, it. There, in yeah. This, yeah, in this version of the transcendental image, the central emphasis is on the role of creative work in the life of the individual. In true Freemasonry, there is one lodge, the universe, and one brotherhood, everything that exists. Each person has the privilege of labor, of joining with the great architect in building more noble structures and thus serving in the divine plan. Thus, this version of the new transcendentalism, perhaps more than other versions imported from the East more recently, has the potentiality of reactivating the American symbols, interpreting the work ethic, sorry, reinterpreting the work ethic, supporting the basic concepts of a free enterprise democratic society, uh. and providing new meanings to the technological industrial thrust. At the same time, it is compatible with other versions more indigenous to other parts of the globe. So, wow. yeah, this is like... Yeah, just uh, like uh, they, all the secret societies need to get together and start plotting to basically, well, uh, you, know, you know, because this is the same secret occult tradition that like spans the whole world. You know, the witch cult of Baphomet, you know, like literally <laughs> like I'm it not really even is. kidding. Like, yeah, no, literally yeah. like, you know, like the guy who edited this is like extremely sus. Like, uh, uh -huh. you know, uh, just like in terms of like the beliefs of his and the ideas that he likes that bleed through. Is it really a great architect or a great archon that he's referring to? Hmm? Yaldabaoth, maybe? Mm, um, well, hmm. Yeah, well, no, uh, yeah, I guess the great the Saklas is the Nazarene yeah. scum, you know, <laughs> God that we need to, yeah. I thought um, we had to, wait, I forgot, didn't we have to be afraid of Saklas? Yeah, well, Saklas is the Nazarene scum god that, like, is the impersonator. He is. Oh, you're god. right. Yeah, because it's flipped in Gnosticism, where like Satan is like a a helpful demigod. Is that it, or or He's like good? It, yeah. Well, yeah. he maybe it depends. It depends on the on the Gnostic like teaching and the Gnostic That's idea. True. But a lot of the time, like eating the apple, like you know, uh, somehow you know it was good to eat the apple, whether because Satan was good or maybe because Satan was tricked in some way or maybe Satan and the serpent aren't the same or and basically you know, Jehovah is, is like catfishing as the yeah, one true like God when he says yeah there is no God other than me he's saying yeah exactly he's lying uh, Jehovah lied um, yeah Jehovah lied yeah Jehovah yeah. lied yes um, <laughs> um, so yeah cool. that's the uh, idea that God is an evil archon Satan is good etc uh -huh. um, yeah. and we uh -huh. all have to follow the perennial wisdom and be down with Freemasonry I don't know like, you know but like, for one, like, I feel like Freemasonry and Rosicrucianism isn't really Gnostic, but they do, it is, like, this kind of thing of, like, the whole tradition. Like, it's David Myatt thing where it's, like, yeah, you know, the Order of the Nine Angles goes back to, like, you know, ancient pagan times. Like, it's been yeah. unchanged, you know? Like, the the perennial tradition, you know? So, like, but of or course... The, I like, mean, I guess know, they're, kind of, they're kind of talking about, like, a parental counter-tradition in a way. At least in the yeah, Western exactly. context. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's an anti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It is a perennial, a perennial, yeah, occult tradition. Uh, mm -hmm. A counterculture, yeah. if you will. Um, the original yes, counterculture. Exactly. Hmm. Countering who? Yeah, and Allah? that Maybe. and that has to become yeah, countering a lot, and that has to become <laughs> the main the main new image, so that we yes. can yeah, and it's really fun. Yeah, it's amazing that like 
you know, they've kind of have identified, like, capitalism as, like, the problem of, well, they didn't identify it because identifying something is naming it, but, you know, they, uh, (laughs) they kind of, like, you know, have, like, a point, like, you know, they get, they're getting at something, like, but they really, like, go into the weeds where it's, like, the real problem is, like, that people believe in, like, monotheistic religions, and, like, they're not down enough with Freemasonry, and that's what needs to change. (laughs) Like... Okay. Yeah. yeah like, cool. Um, uh, yeah. yeah right. Like, right thank on. You. Yeah. Yeah. Get to work, everybody. For access to the full-length episode, subscribe to the Hour of Frequency at patreon.com/slash subliminaljihad. <laughs>